Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in Everything Auburn is brought to you by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's Wimbledon Finals, Major League Baseball, and the latest fighting news, even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You just have to use our promo code BELIEVE to get the bonus and get in on the action. Again, that's promo code BELIEVE. B-L-E-A-V, bet online where the game starts. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back inside another episode of Believe in Everything Auburn. I'm your host, Taylor Davis, joined as always by Jason Campbell. I feel like we were just here. Our schedule had us put an episode out kind of late last week, and here we are doing an early week episode, but Jay and I are always here to talk some Auburn athletics and honestly, the world of football is not even sort of taking a break right now. There's news coming out constantly. So we're glad you have joined us. Hope everyone had a fantastic 4th of July weekend. I know a lot of people got to get out beach, lake, pool, whatever you did. Hope you enjoyed it. Got some time with your family. Jay is, uh, Definitely relaxed, rejuvenated right now, but I, I know you got some some time with your pals and enjoyed Fourth of July weekend, didn't you, Jay? Oh, yes, yes. What up, peoples? Uh, it's <laughs> your boy, one and only Jay Cam. Yeah, I did enjoy uh, a lot of Fourth weekend. Uh, two of my buddies had birthdays, so one celebrated 40, the other celebrated 42, mm. and we actually had a little pool barbecue at the house. So fun. And, uh, and one of my buddies... He's not a basketball player for real, but he actually hit one of the shots. I don't know if you got a chance to see it on my Instagram story. I did. So he hit one of the luckiest shots in the world coming down <laughs> the slide. He was playing a game of horse in the pool and he come down the slide and and he hit that one. And everybody was like, oh, they like game over. Like once you yeah. get that shot, like, <laughs> you, you can't know, top you, it. Yeah, you can't top it. Game over. So 
you know, that was pretty cool. But yeah, I always enjoy Fourth of July weekend fireworks and uh, and everything. And you also watch on some IG stories. <laughs> some people need to take lighting fireworks pretty serious. Oh, so, my gosh. I know. Like somebody was sitting out in the front of the yard with the family was lighting fireworks. I saw it. Fireworks shot to the family and then blew up their car. Yep. I was just like, geez, I say this too, Taylor. Uh, you know, I have a lot of, you know, family members that was in service and everything mm-hmm. and you know, I had told them this on uh, Friday because one of my cousins, she always sent out an email and everything. And uh, she was in service. And I told her, and I was just like, you know, we appreciate everyone that fought and laid their lives on the line. And and just for us to be able to have freedom, I said, but the one thing is, I just feel like us as a country right now, we're doing those people a disservice, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that went out and fought and laid their lives on the yep. line. You know, some didn't even make it back home to their families. And, you know, we're we're countless seeing shootings on TV where people just trying to go out and enjoy normal weekend. And uh, and that did put a damper in my weekend when I looked up on on uh, July 4th and I see that up in Chicago, yeah, north of there and, and saw the shooting. And I'm just like, when does these senseless acts stop? You yeah. know, when do when do people say, okay, we've had enough? And the thing about it is that you don't even know when it's coming. It's not like something you prepare for or anything. Like it's just people are looking for events to just go and just try to create a disaster. And uh, if we don't hurry up and start getting love back in our hearts and respect for one another, I can't tell you which, which direction we're headed right now. I know it's, it's definitely frustrating um, for, for those kinds of things to continue. And I mean, goodness, my, prayers are with everyone affected. I understand people are tired of hearing that, but nonetheless, um, it's, it's eye opening, but at at some point, how many times do we need our eyes? Everyone's eyes should be open to what's going on. Like it's, it's insane, honestly, that these have become so frequent and so almost normal. It's, it's heartbreaking, but definitely agree with you so much respect and gratitude for the men and women that sacrifice their lives to, protect us, protect our freedoms. And, um, and those people certainly deserve the recognition around, um, July 4th, but as always, we will continue to cover Auburn athletics and sports. That is our job. That is why we are here doing this podcast. And yes, there are much bigger things going on in the world. We are not naive to that, but ultimately that is the purpose of this podcast. And, you know, sports sometimes are, are, a good, you know, way to unify people. And so maybe it can do that in a, a way. Um, but nonetheless, let's get into a couple news and notes happening again. Last week's episode was, was kind of similar to what's going on right now and what's at the forefront of conversations, but, um, actually going to start with basketball because we have a bit of a correction that we need to issue because <laughs> never fails that Jason and I will record an episode and something is going to break right when we're done. And of course, last week, the news broke that uh, Walker Kessler, in fact, is not playing for the Minnesota Timberwolves. He actually was part of a trade between the Timberwolves and the Utah Jazz eight days after being selected by Minnesota in the first round. The Jazz will receive Kessler and Minnesota's first round picks in 2023, 25, 27, and their 29 first round draft pick, which will be top five protected all to receive center Rudy Gobert. Uh, look, 
three all-star games, defensive player of the year three times. It makes sense, but this was clearly in the works for a while. Um, makes, I guess, sense on, on their perspective, but just wanted to go ahead and issue that. It is disappointing because Kessler was going to wear his grandfather's number that he wore when he played at the University of Minnesota, so there was a, a family tie to it as well, but nonetheless, He's in the NBA, and and that's what they're trying to go for anyway. Yeah, you think about Kessler, you know, you're what, seven feet, seven one. So, uh-huh. you know, it's hard to find a, a guy with a lot of height and athleticism at the same time. Usually those guys be really tall. Some of them are kind of stiff, but, you know, he brings a, a different dynamic. You know, he's a guy that can run yeah. up and down the court. He's a guy that, you know, you always need a rim protector in the NBA. Uh, you know, he can, he can score too. You know, he's a guy that can put it on the floor a little bit, try to get to the basket. And, you know, if he really works on his turnaround game around the, the block area, you know, I, I think he can, you know, really be a good player in the NBA. And, you know, like I say, gets drafted to Memphis. Then he goes to I know. He's in Utah. Um, the one thing about all three of those teams, all of them was in the playoffs last year. So, yeah. you know, fortunate for him that he didn't end up, like I said, on a rebuilding team. Uh, you know, Utah has some has some players. They have some talent. And you, you kind of know that since Rudy Gobert got traded, you know, Kessler now has a real opportunity to be a full-time starter. This Absolutely. Year. So, you know, the door is wide open for him and everything. So he has to be excited to be playing with Donovan Mitchell, uh, you know, a guy that can put it up, uh, put the ball up in the basket from anywhere. And uh, so, you know, this is a great opportunity for him. You know, Utah is a basketball city. Yeah. Uh, I remember watching the jazz back in the day with Carl Malone and John Stockton and, uh-huh. you know, Harnasek, you know, those guys were good. They just couldn't beat the bulls. Right. <laughs> That's true. They'll have three championships. So no, it's a very good, very good point. I think he either way lands in, in a good situation. I mean, my guy has bounced to quite a few teams, even in his college career, you know, <laughs> starting at North Carolina and then transferring to Auburn. So it's, uh, it's definitely, it tracks for his career, but nonetheless, he will, hopefully we don't end this episode and find out he's been traded somewhere else. As of right now, he is with the Utah jazz. So congrats to Kessler on that. Um, also Jabari is living the high life coming off his draft as well. Uh, he got to throw out the first pitch at the Houston Astros game last week. And it made me wonder, Jason, did you ever throw out a first pitch anywhere yeah, at a game? I believe it. Okay. Where pitch for the Washington nationals. Okay. Uh, DC and, they had a jersey made with my name on the back of it with number oh. 17 that I still have to this day. That's I don't know so why cool. I didn't frame it. I just have it. I know you should have. Okay. How, how was your pitch? Was, I mean, like pretty solid? My pitch was or... good, but it was, was cold. It? it was really Ooh. cold. <laughs> yeah. They had me go out there. No warm. I said, Hey, can I get a couple of warm-ups? They're like, ah, uh, Jay, you don't need a warm-up. Just, you know, just yeah, you're a quarterback. I said, I, I do need a warm-up. I said, it's 45 <laughs> degrees out here right now. <laughs> you know, I said, like, I like it. Everybody's watching. They want to see if you're going to throw a strike or you're going to throw right. a ball or you're going to throw it over the umpire's head or throw it, throw it <laughs> in the dirt. I was like, it's a lot of pressure right now. It is so, pressure. Yeah, so I ended up throwing a strike. but You I did? Throw it, I didn't throw it as fast as I want to throw. I want to throw it okay. fast enough so they can be like, hey, man, you want to play two sports? <laughs> Sign me up. competitive about everything i expect nothing less that's pretty cool though it it made me wonder if you had ever done that i should have known though um anyway so yeah just wanted to update you guys on those two nba futures um a couple things about football so let's go ahead and cover this as we all you know talked about last week and the saga continues with 
obviously recruiting as well as conference realignment. Let's start with recruiting um, because the 2023 recruiting class did get a couple big names last week that they had really been pursuing heavily. And it certainly is um, a boost to a recruiting class that, as we also discussed last week, is um, a, a bit behind and certainly has room to make up. And, and these guys help with that for sure. Wide receiver Carmelo English and running back Jeremiah Cobb, both four stars and both with a lot of versatility, a lot of proven talent and athleticism um, and, and names that were highly touted. I mean, Jeremiah Cobb's final three were us, Clemson and Tennessee, all very well-established programs and, and them choosing Auburn, you know, so much of recruiting is contagious, Jay. And I know that that's always been the case, but it feels like now more than ever because of the power of social media that these guys are connecting with each other on public forums and in DMs and, um, you know, guys from different parts of the country that maybe don't know each other, but they know their names because of the recruiting cycles and, and the lists and the prospects and what have you. So as soon as a couple big gets, you know, decide to, you know, go their college route at a certain school, they're able to kind of help in the recruiting a little bit and, and kind of like get, you know, excitement building and hype and other names kind of want to gravitate toward it and be a part of it as well. So I think both of these guys, look, they're both offensive guys too, which is definitely uh, who knows what will happen, but you got to expect that this is tanks last year, unless, you know, God forbid he gets injured and is out in red shirts, but you got to assume he's probably going to declare for the draft after this. So that running back room can certainly use more names and we need, I wish Carmelo English could play wide receiver this year because we still are a little, you know, lesser than in that area. So definitely important, but in terms of the landscape of recruiting, you hope that that kind of jolts some more names to, to look Auburn's way. I know that everybody was also, Looking at defensive back Avery Stewart, who was announcing today, and Auburn was in his top three, and he ended up choosing Kentucky. Um, he chose Kentucky over Florida State and Auburn, which is definitely interesting. But ultimately, those two guys, you hope, can get things moving a bit more because I think that recruiting class is at four right now, and three four-stars and one three-star, definitely caliber, but you hope to see that one go up. Yeah, it's still early a little bit. Uh, you know, signing day, first one is in December. And mm-hmm. the next one is in February. So there's still a lot of room and a lot of time left uh, in the recruiting wars. But you know, anytime you see a kid pick Kentucky over Auburn and, and Florida State, you just think about it. Just in t- 2013, Auburn and Florida State was playing each other in the national championship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're nine years removed now. And the fact that Kentucky had the season that they had last year, yeah, you know, it goes to show you that what winning does for a program. Uh, you know, Florida State hasn't had good years over the last two to three years. You know, yeah. Auburn's been pretty, you know, average the last two years. Um, you know, so we have to get back to winning dominance in order to start receiving those big time recruits. You know, it's all about like yesterday NIL, yesterday uh, buildings and different things these kids look at from complex standpoint that they'll be working out in. But at the end of the day, it is a a domino effect when you see other recruits start to sign at certain schools. And then these kids know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, they all follow each other on social media. They all go to these rival 11 camps. They go to these ESPN 300 camps. They go to these Nike and Under Armour camps and, and different things. So they see each other at these camps, they get to know each other. And then, Hey man, where are you going? 
Uh, I'm thinking about going here, man, me too. You know, if you go there, just let me know. I, you know, it, I'm, I'm big on that school too. I might want to go there and we can yeah. be teammates, you know, so you get that. And, and a lot of that happens. And like I said, it happened with us back in 2000, back in 2000 with Ronnie and, and uh, you know, a lot of guys, Carlos Dansby and Spencer Johnson, and all of us was on the same recruiting visit and we all decided to come to Auburn wow. to get together. So, you know, we made a unanimous decision that Auburn, we wanted to play together because we got along so well when we was on our recruiting trip. So it does. And, you know, fortunately for Auburn, they're going to be back in the midst. Um, yeah. Like I said, the first five games this year, I think, gives them opportunity to get into a winning mode. And then, like I said, once confidence happens, I think they can have a better season than what a lot of people are predicting. A lot of people are basing this season off what happened this offseason. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, it can do two things for you. It can rejuvenate you and, and, and bring the team closer together or it can separate you. And that's what's so scary about it because we have to start off winning. If we start off winning, then all that hoopla in the offseason kind of blocks out a lot of noise. Right. But if you sputter – and you don't play well against Mercer or San Jose State, mm-hmm. and, and you slip up against a Penn State at home or something, then all of a sudden all the noise starts to creep in, and the team can become fragile if they're not careful. That's why this is a, for me, this is a big year for guys like Tank, for guys like Wooten, um, just for, you know, even Papo. This is a huge year because a lot of how you leave Auburn it would be predicated on how you took this team in a stance where it was kind of fragile. And mm-hmm. did you help lead this team out of that to some stability? It's so true. It's so true. And honestly, it's going to take guys like that taking initiative and kind of assisting in this right now, because ultimately you, you have to represent the brand that has been there regardless of, of all the changes of all the off season and what have you. And, and with the world of college football changing as much as it is, which clearly we're going to talk about that in a minute, that has to be, you know, at the focal point. And I think that a lot of those guys have the opportunity to do that and kind of set that precedent. Like you said, um, what, what all did y'all do on your recruiting trip? What, what is that like? I mean, I'm sure it's different now, but what did y'all get to do? It was fun. You know, you come in Friday night after the game, uh, if you're coming in during the season, but uh-huh. most of the time when the football season is over with, you come in early in December, uh, everyone's kind of played their championship high school games and, you know, you get there on like a Friday and you go out to eat with the coaches and, and everything. And they use a designated player and a Tigerette, uh, to each player. And, uh, you know, you sit down, you have dinner for a couple of hours. And then after that, you kind of go out with a couple, you know, guys on the team or go out with, you know, we got to go to like, just see what the nightlife like is in Auburn. You know, mm-hmm. so like a couple of bars you couldn't get into because you weren't old enough, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, you know, you kind of just went to, you know, just a little regular party or something or something someone's having. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to kind of get a feel for, you know, college life. You know, you're yeah. a high school kid coming into college. And then on Saturdays, you know, it's typically, you know, like I say, if there's a home game, you go to the home game, you do certain things after the home game with the coaches and everything before you leave and go town. But when there's not a home game, that's another full day where they walk you through the complex. They walk you through mm-hmm. 
you know, they take you to the to the stadium and and talk to you about the Auburn tradition, and they put your highlight. Well, they used to put your highlight tape. I don't think they can do that no more. Hmm. But back when I was in high school, they can put your highlight tape up and everything. Uh, but they take pictures of you, you know, in the locker rooms. Uh, nowadays, these kids put on the uniforms. When I was coming out, you could only put the jersey on. But now they put the uniform on, and you see all these guys taking pictures in in every college uniform and posting on their IGs yep. and different things. So. And like I said, it's another meet and greet. Uh, you also sit down with the academic counselors and you talk about academics. You talk about, you know, what your major probably want to be. And they go through like what your classes will look like. And so it's really like an orientation type deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they basically put everything out there, letting you know what to expect if you was to choose Auburn. And, uh, and that's like on all my recruiting visits was pretty much that way. Okay. Not too shabby. All right. Well, let's talk about a little bit of college football news that continues to unravel. I feel like everyone's heads are spinning a little bit with this conference realignment. And also the fact that this is happening during a time of year that we don't have a lot else to talk about is probably why, because so much of it is speculative right now. Like, I mean, the Big Ten additions are solid and obviously Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC, solid. But all this other, oh, potential this, potential that, I don't think it would necessarily be as big of a deal and causing as much of a frenzy if we weren't in the summer and media can't go to camp and literally there's not as much to talk about right now. It's dead period for recruiting. Anyway, we're going to talk about it anyway. So as we discuss the Big Ten gaining UCLA and USC, Um, They also reportedly have spoken with Arizona, Arizona State, Oregon, Stanford, and Washington. So the Pac-12, if they weren't already hitting the panic button, they for sure are. Big 12 is already gaining BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston. That was already known. They're losing Oklahoma and Texas. Now they're targeting Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Oregon, and Utah. So when I first made my notes this morning, y'all, this morning, I typed ACC just chilling until (laughs) this afternoon. And lo and behold, it changed because now reports are surfacing that the ACC and Pac-12 are discussing possible partnerships. CBS has actually confirmed that those two are in discussions. Obviously, Pac-12 is going to try and latch on to anyone, and the ACC is the only one that's not doing this dance right now. It would include regular season matchups and a possible championship game. Basically, their whole perspective on this would be a strength in numbers thing and a lot of it to combat the growing financial gap because what these mega conferences are going to do is also gain all kinds of financial benefits from the media rights. The more these things grow, the more money is going to be poured in from the likes of ESPN for a little bit longer. CBS still has the SEC right for a little bit longer, but ACC and PAC 12 are not going to have as much leverage in these conversations with media rights. If they're heck, if the PAC 12 even exists anymore, and the lack of real intrigue for, for the way that things are shaping up right now. And if this thing becomes a, a power four, then they're really low man on the totem pole, which Clemson fans might absolutely croak to hear. But as of right now, that's really the one that no one's fixated on. And honestly, given the year that the conference had last year, it's not that much of a surprise without Clemson. 
you really don't have, I mean, I know NC state fans want to, to be that brand and, you know, North Carolina could, can try Florida state. You haven't been there in years. Like it just, in terms of consistent relevancy, other than Clemson, it hasn't existed. So the PAC 12 is latching onto them, trying to stay uh, alive in this thing while sec just stays solid that's not going to change and big 10 and big 12 are branching out now because what the ucla usc move did is completely eliminated i mean it is completely non-existent jason any sort of conference being based on proximity anymore honestly like us being the southeastern conference now oklahoma and texas come in like you look at the big 10 usc and ucla are in the same conference as maryland like the, the proximity piece of this is going to be completely non-existent. So the Pac-12 is going, all right, ACC, Atlantic Coastal Conference, let's freaking team up because that stuff doesn't even matter anymore. Honestly, this is, it's a madhouse right now. It really is. Yeah, I'm talking about this is what the NCA is just is doing is they say, hey, we're throwing our hands out of it. Do what you want to do. Pay <laughs> players, whatever you want to do. Um uh, You know, conferences join. Like, basically, we're just handing you all the paperwork and just saying, here you go, figure it out. And what's happening is, like I said, told before, I said, it's going to become a four, a four conference football for mm-hmm. playoffs. You'll still have the smaller schools that will still have their conference and their games that they play, but that'd be particularly for bowl games. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to, to the playoff format, which will go up to maybe six to eight teams, Mm-hmm. Once they get all these, once they get all these four major conferences locked in, because you're going to have to take some two lost teams and put them in the playoffs, because you're talking about conferences that are joining that's going to be flying from west coast to east coast. That's in the same conference. It used to be part of an area that you live in within the United States that considered you to be in a certain conference. Right now, now it doesn't matter. Now, Texas and Oklahoma is not in the South. Neither is Texas A&M, but guess what? Mm-hmm. They part of our conference now. Uh, you, you think about you think about Notre Dame is not even in a conference yet. And so what's going to happen with Notre Dame? Would they want to give up their NBC contract and remain, uh, you know, independent, them independent mm-hmm. but still how would that affect them when it comes to playoff format? Because you've seen over the last couple of years when they made the playoffs, they've gotten dominated. Like mm-hmm. It hadn't even been close. So it's been hard to judge a team like like Notre Dame of how good they really are because they only play two teams on their schedule the whole year. Right. And then they get to these these playoffs and they get the doors blown off. So they're going to have to try to join a conference. At some point, they're going to have to. Otherwise, I think they will be punished when it comes to playoff picking. Mm-hmm. Because they won't have the schedule. If you're not going to be part of a conference, then you're going to have to really going to have to lock in a lot of teams that you're going to play in these other big conferences. That's going to have to be on your schedule. You can only have two cupcake games. All the rest of them are going to have to be tough if you're going to remain independent. Yeah. And I do think someone like Oregon, since the fact that UCLA and USC has jumped to the Big Ten, I do I do think Oregon and Stanford now jumps to the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that because they also want to keep certain rival games rivalries yeah and you want stanford and and oregon to remain a rival you know you want that within your conference 
you know, just like USC and UCLA, they're still a rival that's going to be in the Big Ten, but they're still in the same conference. So you still get that game every year. That's just like Alabama and Auburn. We're always going to play each other within the same conference. It doesn't matter if both of us are in the SEC West or once they reformat, if one of us is in the SEC East and another in the SEC West, we're still, that game is still going to be on the schedule because right. it has too much tradition and too much history and it brings too much money. You're and right. that's the same thing that's going to happen. Like Texas and Texas A&M, it's going to be a huge rival game oh, yeah. within the SEC. Oklahoma and Texas, Oklahoma and Texas A&M, Oklahoma and Bama. Auburn is going to become a big time like format for some of those mm-hmm. teams as well. So it's going to be fun. It's just going to be harder because as a fan, that's a lot of flights and flyer mm-hmm. miles if you're talking about flying all over the country now. And then the other part of it is someone's going to get left out. Yeah. And it's just unfortunate because there are some really good schools like Appalachian State, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like schools that are really good and everything, and no one's going to be talking about them as much. Yeah. You know, like even a Cincinnati, like they're going to have to jump into one of these bigger conferences, yeah. you know, just because of everything that's going to be going on. So it's unfortunate for those ten, for those type of schools because they either got to jump in or they got to hit it big, and, and you just don't – you just don't know how this is going to go. And I, I like college football the way that it used to be. Now we're all going to have to adapt because that's, that's life. You, you either change and adapt or you fall behind. So right. this is the new way we got to all accept it and know that this is the direction we're going. So you can't sit back and fight against the game. It's just like in NILs and everything else. You can't sit back on your laws and just say, oh, you can't afford to just wait. You have mm-hmm. to step in and get involved like ASAP if you want to have an opportunity to have a good program. I think that's what everyone's doing right now because they feel like if they wait out to see how this is all going to shape out, they're going to be the ones on the lesser end of the situation. So, but with this, I, I feel like this just adds on to the list of changes happening in college football before we really know how to implement them and before putting parameters on it that are going to keep things calm and structured. I don't want this thing to become so frantic that conferences don't matter anymore, you know, where the playoff and the end goal is really all we're playing for. Like, I think the conferences are important and I think the the camaraderie of it, but also the the competition aspect of it. Like, I don't want to see all of that go away and, and everyone just be this like big mosh pit. I just think that we need to kind of put um, more parameters on things before we implement them. And I think that if we didn't see that already, uh, this might do it because things are probably going to get more confusing before they settle in. But nonetheless, we'll continue to uh, keep our eyes and ears on it because I don't think that it is anywhere close to settling because it feels like everyone is kind of going to get in on this one other than I think SEC teams are sitting pretty, so that's a good place to be. My last question for you, Jay, timer says six minutes, but I did see on Auburn's social media, I asked you last week about the face mask thing, so I'm going to ask you another one that they put on social media. They put a clip of of a Cam Newton play, and the question was, what moment or game or play or experience made you fall in love with Auburn? Auburn athletics so for you it would have been obviously before being a player because that's I'm sure you loved most moments but anytime growing up or during recruiting or just a specific thing that stands out to you where you went dang I I really like this place for me we used to always um like I said I was in Mississippi so I could hear the Auburn and Iron the Iron Bowl a lot Mm -hmm. but 
for me, like Auburn, um, it was the pick six game against LSU. Um, oh yeah. You know, <laughs> where they got all those pick sixes and ran them back for touchdowns. Yeah. And that was the game to me that, uh, that stood out, you know, even in my youth mm-hmm. um, as an Auburn person. So it was that moment. And the other one I would probably say, Oh, it's the, ah, I'm just going to stick with that one because that was, that's that was, a good that one. That was my big ones. That was one of my big ones. That's, that's pretty cool. I mean, honestly, I got so spoiled. My freshman year was Cam Newton's year. So literally, I mean, just pick any game. And there was a moment in there that I I was overcome with love for my school. And I was just a bright eyed freshman where everything was fantastic. So anything that year, obviously the comeback in the iron bowl was iconic. And then my senior year was the kick six and deflection in the Georgia game and that magical season. So I really bookended my career well and got to fall in love with Auburn multiple times over the course of my career. So something about becoming a student there, like my fandom just became something way bigger because I remember being in the student section and looking around and being like, Oh my gosh, we all love Auburn. This is so cool. But then I realized 75% of the stadium is going to leave this game and go home, but this is my home. Like I I'm a part of this place. So I think that's when it went from being a fan to like loving it to my core was once I was a student there. I even saw on the post on social media that cam commented on it and said all love in his weird font that no one can read. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, it's cool for everybody to be able to think back on that. I thought that was cool that they yeah, did. I would say Auburn, Georgia game, 1999 was my other one. I was actually at that game on my recruiting visit okay. uh, to UGA and Auburn came in there and beat them like really, really bad. That game. <sighs> and, uh, that. Yeah. So I remember becoming a huge Auburn fan. And this week I became the Auburn Alabama game. And then not too many, a couple of weeks after that is when I committed to Auburn. Oh, that's cool. Well, I was seven, so I don't really remember that one, but <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> that we will say goodbye here on believe in everything auburn quick housekeeping update i am actually going to be out of town next week so apologies we are not going to be releasing an episode next week but we will be back the following and should be pretty consistent leading up to football season after that so hang with us everybody but also enjoy your summer jay and i deserve a little vacay time as well so um, make sure you're subscribed if you have not done that already that way you'll get a notification and you don't have to wonder what our schedules are doing because you're just going to have the the peace of mind that you will get a notification when the episode comes out. And that's the best way to do it. So make sure you do that if you haven't already. And uh, we'll talk next time. Enjoy your week. Safe travels. If you're traveling like myself, we'll talk soon, everybody. War Eagle. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.